We've put the spotlight on Leech Lake, Red Lake, Lake Winnie, and the Cass Lake chain. Today, we put the spotlight on the top of the state. Lake of the Woods is next. Shorty, I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N for Bunyan Country Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, celebrating our 30th year and presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, about once a year, I get to talk to Phil Talmage. He is the area fishery supervisor up in Vedette, and uh, we spend uh, a good chunk of time talking about Lake of the Woods because, boy, there are certainly a lot of things to, to talk about there. And I think, Phil, before we get going real deep into it, um, for you guys, uh, you are about the only place you could ice fish this year, and the pressure on your lake uh, was unbelievable, I hear. Yeah, you know, it, and that started happening to us in, I guess it would be late December, early January, when, as you mentioned, a lot of lakes, uh, access was difficult. So, you know, we started seeing people coming from all over the place that wanted to get out and do some ice fishing, and, you know, that stayed that stayed uh, pretty strong as far as the pressure went, uh, you know, from Jan- early January all the way into, uh, you know, the middle of March when things kind of started slowing down. Um, did that have any negative impacts on the lake as far as you know? You know, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of talk that that went around uh, the idea that there was too much pressure being put on the lake, and you know there was concerns of the potential for too much harvest to take place and that kind of stuff. But you know, in general, uh, you know, talking to the resorts and uh, enforcement officers, uh, people were behaving; they were picking up after themselves. Uh, you know, trying to you know keep the lake clean, if you will. And, uh, um, you know, all in all, I thought it was, you know, everything I heard from folks was it was a pretty good season, uh, you know, with some of those concerns I mentioned. Okay. Well, one of the things you did, you did do a creel survey as well, right? Yes, we did. We actually, uh, uh, and it was probably good timing. I mean, we had a creel survey going on to kind of evaluate uh, or to kind of see how we're doing with uh, some regulation adjustments we had made. And uh, also, it's uh, something we do on a relatively frequent basis on Lake of the Woods. But, yeah, we had a krill survey going on with this past winter. Started, uh, you know, as soon as conditions got safe and went through the 24th of March. Um, and uh, so we were able to capture this kind of extraordinary year as far as pressure goes. Anything uh, interesting come out of that yet? Yeah, well, you know, our, our, heart, our, our pressure, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't just uh, uh, an observation that people were making and they were wrong. They're correct. I mean, we did have a pretty significant chunk of uh, or increase in our in our pressure. You know, about a twenty five percent increase from uh, uh, the two thousand nineteen winter season, which was actually our previous record. Uh, we ended up finishing with a two two uh, two point seven million angling hours this past winter on Lake of the Woods, and uh, that, that's. You know, compared to the most recent year's averages, uh, which is around two million, so that's about a, you know, twenty-five, thirty percent increase from what we've been seeing. That's that's significant. 
It is. You know, and, and, and the one thing I'll say about it, though, is, you know, I, I do think it was it was kind of an outlier, as you mentioned. You know, some of the other real popular fisheries uh, that get a lot of winter fishing pressure, especially like Upper Red Lake, for example, uh, you know, a lot of the resorts there ended up, you know, having to shut shut down. And, uh, you know, so that pushed a lot of people up to us. So I, 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 I'm thinking that uh, it was a little bit of an anomaly, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forth. Forward. One way or another, even before this past season, we've been watching exponential growth take place in our winter fishing as far as pressure goes. Uh, over the last 20 years, it's, it's, you know, we've more than doubled our, our annual our winter fishing pressure. So de- de- define exactly what we mean by pressure. So what, through these coral surveys, we estimate the number of hours that anglers are spending out fishing on Lake of the Woods in, a, in, in any given, given year. And so, you know, an angling hour would constitute one hour of effort that an angler put towards fishing on Lake of the Woods, line line in the water. Okay. So, theoretically, the more pressure, the more walleye take. Yeah, you know, and that's the big concern, but there's another variable that's very important in all of this, uh, and that is the fact that, you know, angling success. You know, in some of the recent years, we've actually had some, you know, pretty high harvest rates, you know, per per hour. And uh, what actually happened here in this past winter was our, our our walleye harvest rate was actually a little bit lower than, you know, what we've been seeing in recent years. So it actually ended up offsetting the walleye harvest, you know, and it, it, it varies throughout the whole season. There's times when people might be catching fish like crazy, then there's times where it slows down, you know, quite a bit. But in the end, even though we had that higher pressure, our our harvest ended up coming in below what we've seen in the last five, six years in regards to walleye. Okay. Now, Sauger was a little bit different story with, with them. Um, we still, our, our harvest rate was down just a titch from what we've been seeing in most recent years, uh, you know, which kind of helped it out a little bit. But we still ended up, you know, harvesting, you know, over 400,000 pounds of, of, of sauger this past winter, whereas with walleyes we were at 243,000 pounds. Okay. Um, so that was this, this past winter, and again, uh, it, that, that was the story. The place you fished this winter was Lake of the Woods. Um, overall, uh, things looking pretty good over there? They are. You know, our walleye and, and sauger, both, both, you know, the, the two main species that people are after here, especially in the wintertime and, and throughout open water season, for that matter, especially walleye. You know, our numbers are above our historical means, and, uh, you know, actually we got some really strong year classes coming along with some of the more recent year classes. So we have good, you know, good uh, production going on. We have uh, good numbers of fish out there. We got, you know, big ones that people can throw back. We have, you know, those nice medium-sized ones to eat, and there's still going to be a lot of those little bait stealers out there bothering people this summer. We've uh, talked about this in the past, but uh, always interesting to, to remind people that uh, there was a time it wasn't so good because this had been a commercial fishery in the past, and, uh, and, and, had, and you had some down years. Yeah, you know, the, the fishery was intensely fished for, you know, actually about a century almost. Uh, you know, back at start, we have commercial records all the way back in the mid to late 1800s. Uh, and and that, that commercial fishing pressure, you know, persisted in the Minnesota waters uh, of Lake of the Woods all the way to the mid-1980s. And uh, what that really does is that, that really affects the size structure and, the you know, the potential for over-harvest is, is, can, can be 
and the pressure on one particular year class can be immense. So, uh, you know, when that when that when those licenses were bought out and we were able to kind of focus anglers' harvest in certain directions as far as what they were keeping, we've been able to kind of stay, uh, you know, keep, make adjustments as we're going here in regards to regulation to you know keep to 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 keep the amount of pressure uh, and and the result of that pressure, I should say, on the fishery in check. Okay. Um, and obviously you work with, uh, Ontario, Manitoba, you, you know, to, um, to kind of have a unified effort. Yeah. Yep. How many acres, for example, do you have to deal with and how many total acres are there in the lake? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, as you mentioned, it, we, we work very closely with our Ontario counterparts, uh, you know, as far as sharing data. I mean, we, you know, we have, the, we have our ways of, of management and they have theirs, but, uh, uh, we work very closely with them as far as sharing information and uh, you know bouncing ideas off from one another. Uh, but uh, so the lake itself is, is, is it's a million acre lake. Wow. Minnesota's portion of it is about three hundred and twenty thousand acres. So just call it a third of the lake is what we have. And now the Minnesota waters and the Ontario waters can be quite different. You know, I don't know if you've been up on the Ontario side of Lake of the Woods, but it's more typical of that Canadian shield waters. Whereas we do have some of that up at the northwest angle and kind of the upper part of uh, uh, Big Traverse Bay. But for the most part, the Minnesota waters of Lake of the Woods are the very productive, you know, uh, kind of devoid of, of actually structure. But it's just, a, you know, it's a walleye. It's a very productive walleye fishery. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I don't know who was responsible for uh, adding that chimney to Minnesota, but I'm darn glad they did. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that was uh, that was long before you and I's days, but uh, I guess it was a surveying error. But uh, one way or another, uh, we'll take it because that's a gorgeous part of the state and gorgeous part of Lake of the Woods. Much more with Bill Talmadge to come. There's a lot of Lake of the Woods to discuss. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tech. We're celebrating 30 years of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. It's presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Today we're checking in with Phil Talmage, the area supervisor out of the Bidette Area Fisheries Office. We put the spotlight on one of the biggies, Lake of the Woods. As big a fishery as the walleyes and saugers are, and it's very, very popular, there's a lot of other things people fish for. I mean, basically every fish you can catch in Minnesota, you can catch on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, we do have a pretty diverse uh, fishery out here, and, 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 some, and besides the walleye and sauger, the exceptional walleye and sauger fishery, uh, we have an opportunity here. Now, the one that really sticks out to me is uh, Lake Sturgeon. You know, we see the, the upwards start ramping up as soon as the rivers start opening up in the spring, and it's popular. I mean, where else can you go and catch multiple fish over four feet long in, in, in a day? And uh, get out there and enjoy it, and it, it's it's kind of a it's it's a it's a low, it, it's one of those fishing styles where you you know you anchor, you drop your anchor down, you throw out your hook and worm, and you wait. So it's, it's a great way to get outside and uh, spend some time with friends and family, and uh, you know when you when you do get one, it's pretty exciting. And we've talked in the past; it's almost uh, as popular, if maybe not even more popular at times than walleye fishing is on that lake. Yeah, you know, and uh, well, most of the most of the sturgeon fishing effort, a lot of it is is either focused in the Four Mile Bay area, or in the Rainy River itself, uh, and in the spring especially is when the when the sturgeon fishing pressure is 
can be great. I mean, we've had times where our highest boat uh, rig counts at some of the accesses were at the time of the year when the walleye fishing was closed, so after April 14th, and it was catch and release only for Lake Sturgeon, and you'd still see 250 rigs parked at an access. So, you know, the, the popularity of that, and, and you know, and we, we used to, we had krill surveys going on in the spring, and we asked people, you know, what was the, you know, what, what are the reasons you come, you come up here, you know, and I mean, for walleye fishing, they were up here to catch big fish, a lot of fish, you know, but the one other part of it is, is it's a place you can go and fish early in the spring before a lot of other fisheries are even open yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and they do, do they not? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you know we and, and it's so variable year to year, especially you know on the walleye side of things. With uh, uh, you know we we see we see years when you know if the rivers start opening up early or later or whatever, and kind of mix up the turbidity of it, it makes it more difficult to fish the walleye. The sturgeon they're less sensitive to that turbid water, and so a lot of times, as long as you don't have too much debris coming down, getting messing up your line. Uh, you can kind of fish sturgeon, kind of irregardless of uh, you know the 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 turbidity of the the river itself. And what what are the sturgeon seasons again? Okay, so the sturgeon se- season here up uh, on the Minnesota Ontario border water, so Rainy River, Lake of the Woods, uh, that would include Rainy Lake and the Namakan Reservoir as well. But uh, the sturgeon fishing season is the harvest season goes from April twenty fourth to May seventh, and then it then it opens back up on July 1st and runs through the end of September. Now, you can catch and release sturgeon any time of the year except for May 15th through uh, June 30th. So there is a period of time there, about a month and a half, where we give them time to you know, spawn, in, spawn in the river, which is where, where we find them spawning. And that can, you know, a lot of it happens in late, late May, but on the Rainy River, with the peaking operations that go on in the river and the cold water coming out of Rainy Lake, we actually, that water ends up being some of the coldest water in the state. And so sometimes we see years where that sturgeon spawning in the Rainy River ends up getting pushed back into, you know, I mean, there's been reports that below the hydro dam or the, uh, the paper plant in International Falls that sturgeon were, were spawning the weekend before, uh, 4th of July in, in certain years. So, wow. uh, that's kind of the off season, so no fishing for them May fifteenth through June thirtieth. But besides that, you can catch and release some uh, any other time of the year. Okay. Uh, any ideas on the number of uh, sturgeon anglers there are out there? You know, uh, I don't. I'm not sure what we're at. What's going on out there this year? We don't have a krill survey going on out there. Uh, you know, in light of uh, the COVID uh, right issues, the pandemic that's going on, but. Uh, it, the the reports that we're getting, we have there are COs that uh, are flying the river and uh, doing counts and counts for us, and uh, you know we've we've seen some pretty 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 good numbers of anglers out there, you know, and I know that fishing license sales are have been up this spring, but uh, we don't I don't have an actual estimate, but I can tell you right now our tagged fish reports are real. while you and I have been talking, I've had two people report. Uh, Having caught a tag sturgeon that came through my my computer here while we've been talking, so you know, and, and it is the harvest season right now, so we're starting to get you know harvest tag registrations rolling in, and so uh, the other day when I was doing some brook trout stocking, I was driving past the along the Rainy River, and I saw a lot of a lot of anglers out there, a lot of tents out there, campers out there, parked in 
in areas and uh you know people out enjoying that uh nice weather we had this spring wow uh, one of the other uh, species that's very popular on the Ontario side is is bass. Um, what about on your side? Is there a lot of bass angling done in the Minnesota side? You know, on the on the Rainy River, the, there, there's oh, yeah. exceptional opportunities for bass fishing, and so we do see a lot of people uh, bass fishing uh, on, on the river in the um, throughout the year. Also, up at the Northwest Angle and some of the islands up at the north side of Big Traverse, there's some good opportunities for you know catching bass as well. We don't see the same kind of effort, uh, you know, on throughout most of the Minnesota waters that they have in Ontario, where it's kind of that Canadian Shield type habitat I was talking about earlier. Okay. Um, any concerns on Lake of the Woods these days? You know, I, no. Right now, you know, our, our wildlife sauger numbers and sturgeon, you know, the monitoring we do annually, everything's looking good. You know, the the the, the increasing pressure is something that you know we're keeping close tabs on, uh, and you know, so we're keeping an eye on what's going on with this pressure, and uh, you know, making sure that we keep that that walleye and sauger harvest uh, at a sustainable level, and that's kind of one of the big tasks that we have going on right now. I'd say is, you know. We have management goals set for walleyes and for soccer, for that matter. And uh, keeping that, that fishery healthy and, and thumping along, is uh, that, that's priority number one for us. Okay. You know what I uh, find so interesting about Lake of the Woods, and, you know, it's uh, it, it seems to be on a different level because, you know, I, we, I'm living here uh, surrounded by Lake Bemidji, Lake Winnie, Leech Lake, Cass Lake, uh, you know, black duck and even upper red. And yet there are so many people in this area that make that long trip or longer trip and they, you know, up to, to Lake of the Woods because apparently you're even in a, another class beyond that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of living in a great state like Minnesota where we do have so many opportunities. And, you know, and, and I think part of it is, you know, especially it's the winter fishery. You know, we've seen our summer pressures pretty, it's pretty constant. We don't see a lot of, you know, a lot of change in our in our summer fishery. But that winter fishery and the popularity of it's really continuing to grow. And I, and I think one of the big drivers behind that is, you know, the, the lakes, for example, that you mentioned. You do have you have some exceptional wildlife fisheries. But as we all know, you know, the walleye, the time of the day, you know, time of the year, even. You know, getting on the fish and being able to just sit on top of them gets a little bit more difficult. I think what drives people, the interest of people on Lake of the Woods in the winter especially, is we have that sauger out there. And those sauger bite all day long. They're moving around all the time. So in between your walleye bites, you're not just sitting there, uh, you know, drowning minnows. You're actually catching cousins of the walleye and bringing in uh, sauger uh, at, at a pretty good clip for that matter. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. It's presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Phil Talmage, my guest. He's the supervisor out of the Bidette Area Fisheries Office. We've been talking about Lake of the Woods. But there's more going on in the northwest corner of Minnesota than just Lake of the Woods. Any particular special projects you guys are working on right now? You know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that we had, you know, we were we were going to be out working out on the Red River this spring. Um, you know, that was that that project's been canceled or they're pushed off till next year. So right now we're just kind of sitting back and uh, waiting to start up some of our, hoping to start up some of our regular field activities. And I think, uh, you know, if we get approval to move forward with doing that stuff, I think we'll find it's going to be kind of just a, it's going to be a year of, Maintaining the the most important and high high priority 
projects that we do on an annual basis. We think of the Lake of the Woods being the only thing up there, and uh, that would certainly keep you busy just in that lake. But you've got an entire area to cover, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Red River. Um, what yeah, else but, is in your realm? Yep. So we have, you know, yeah, Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River are the ones that get a lot of a lot of attention from people. Uh, however, you know, the Red River of the North over, you know, we manage the, the upper half of that here out of the Bidette Fisheries Office. And, you know, there's, there's great fishing opportunities and you want to talk about a diversity of what you can catch. Uh, that, that, that's definitely a place to, to check out if you, if you like catching a high diversity of fish. And, uh, it has one, it's one of the best, uh, channel catfish fisheries in, in, in the country. So, a uh, lot of big catfish and good numbers of them. You can get pretty good catch rates of them. We also have other river resources in the area. You know, the the Rosa River is one that comes to mind uh, that has some really good fishing. Uh, we have Hayes Lake and uh, Lake Bronson. Those are both uh, smaller reservoirs located inside pretty popular uh, uh, state parks uh, up here in northwestern Minnesota. And they, those provide people with a a diversity of, of species as well. You know, Lake Bronson is a it's a walleye fishery that uh, also has some nice crappies and uh, yellow perch in it, and you can you can uh, get into some pretty nice northerns. Whereas Hayes Lake, that's the other state park lake. That one within that lake, there's some nice, really nice bluegills and bass, and once again, there's some pike in there. That one doesn't have walleyes. Uh, we also do have a few uh, trout streams with brook trout and uh, rainbow trout that we operate as kind of put and take fisheries. Uh, for locals in the or, or anyone that's coming up here, but uh, kind of keep, give people a something different to do or something to do on a windy day. Yeah, you, and you mentioned uh, that they're reservoirs. Um, how how long have they been around as lakes? Uh, well, most of these uh, these lakes would be the. Uh, I believe Lake Bronson was built in the reservoir was built in the 1940s. Okay, um, and I think uh, Hayes Lake was a few years after that. It had, uh, I, that's uh, I can't recall the exact date that those those were created, but okay. somewhere in that sixty to eighty years ago range is when those reservoirs were built, and uh, you know, and and they provide some really unique opportunities, and you know, a lot of a lot of you know, when you get over towards Kitson County and uh, you know Marshall County and stuff like, they don't have the, the the spattering of lakes like what you see down or even Lake of the Woods outside of Lake of the Woods County outside of Lake of the Woods itself. We don't have the the all those smaller or medium-sized lakes that you have down there in some areas. So it's important for us to maintain opportunities for locals so people don't have to drive as far to go out and enjoy a day on the water. Okay. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, Lake Bronson, very popular in my neck of the woods growing up. I grew up in the Red Lake Falls. So we all heard about Lake Bronson, went up there occasionally. Uh, and then I lived in Rosa for a year and a half, so I was familiar with Hayes Lake. Um now, were those are those lakes that uh, need stocking, or have we been able to build a natural reproduction in, in, for at least some of those species? Yeah. So, well, Lake Bronson now it, it has a, has a pretty extensive history. You know, we've had for for a long time we actually had a lot of fair amount of winter kill going on there, but we've made some adjustments on how we draw the water out of the out of the dam in the winter time. So we're taking the bottom uh, oxygen deprived water and pushing that out down the downstream instead of taking the stuff towards the surface so that has oxygen so we've actually been able to avoid having severe winter kill uh in for a while now we do stock walleyes in there currently we stock fry in there and uh that's one thing we're looking at right now is uh making some adjustments to that because uh 
uh, all indications are that we're actually getting some natural reproduction going there oh. as well. Okay, great. Uh, so, yep, so that one there is, that's the situation there, and Hayes Lake is a self-sustaining lake as well, um, or entirely at this point in time. You know, we did we have stocked it in the past, but right now all the bluegills and crappies and uh, bass and pike in there are all naturally reproducing, and uh, they, they don't take any effort from us in, in regards to stocking. Well, that's probably good. you got enough going on in Lake of the Woods. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we do. That's right, we do. But, uh, yeah, you know, if, we ever had, if those lakes ever had problems or if they ever had severe winter kill, we, you know, we do have plans in place on how we would, uh, you know, quickly recover those, those fisheries. Okay. So what is the, uh, the big challenge for you guys now, COVID-19 related? I, I know that you guys will probably enjoy at least being able to do something outside here pretty soon. Yeah, you know it's it's been you know it's it's been difficult. I mean, obviously, you know we need to respect a lot of the uh, and follow the guidelines put out there by the governor, mm-hmm. and uh, you know to protect ourselves and our fellow Minnesotans. So you know we've seen some things that you know we've had, we've already had some you know things that we do normally that we haven't been able to do um, as a result of this. But I'm optimistic that as you know, the spring rolls through and we start getting into summer, I think that we'll, we'll start having better guidance and we'll have ways of working through this stuff. The big thing for me uh, in our office here in Bidette right now is the time, on timing-wise is being able to do our annual large lake monitoring. You know, we have a data set right there, Kevin, that has, you know, 40-plus years of data in it, mm-hmm. and it's annual data. And so uh, being able to go out there and collect that information is uh, our priority number one. And that stuff really starts picking up intensity-wise for us starting around July 1st. So I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that you know we'll be able to get out there and start collecting that data. Uh, and you know that's really where a lot of our focus is going to be this year. Have you started uh, thinking about is there ways we can do this with social distancing uh, and things like that? Yeah, you know, from the from the from a DNR wide you know DNR fisheries wide standpoint, they, they, we have a, a committee right now working on putting together, you know, way mitigation or ways of, uh, to work through the through these guidelines and get the work done on various tasks. Now, some tasks they've already determined that you know is not acceptable. Um, you can't do it and maintain six feet of social distancing. So, you know, some of those tasks like that might not be allowed until you know it's okay to be within six feet of yeah. another person so uh it, it's been a it's been a, it's been a challenge and uh uh and but there are people in our in our in the within the dnr working with our director and commun- uh commissioner's office trying to get some of those activities allowed and uh like i said i'm i'm even more looking forward to when when we're allowed a little bit more liberty as far as uh being able to get some of this other work done that we need to do all right but if you were a teacher in the classroom and Lake of the Woods was your student, I'm assuming you'd give him a, an A right now. I, I would. I would have to give give the lake an A, and uh, uh, it's it's looking good. I'm excited to get out there and uh, start fishing myself here this spring on on the lake. When uh, you know, with this nice warm weather we're having here, it should be a should end up being a really nice spring, and uh, the fisheries in in great shape. So it should be a good. Looking forward to a good summer. All right. That's Bill Talmadge. He's the area supervisor out of the Bidette office. Uh, joining me, as he always does, about this time to get us updated on what's going on on one of the uh, nation's best lakes, Lake of the Woods. Actually, one of the continent's best lakes, Lake of the Woods. Thanks much, Phil. We appreciate your time. 
Thank you, and you have a great day. Now we're going fishing for Banyan country.